You're listening to Comedy Central. Today's Ears Edition episode features an extended interview with Tommy Laren from November 30th, 2016. Please welcome Tommy Laren. I'm in the lion's den, Trevor. I'm not a lion at all. Is that like an African thing? No. Um, <laughs> welcome to the show. Before we get into it, uh, I, I know who you are because I, I, my Facebook feed has you in it. Uh, there are a lot of people who don't, so if you don't know Tommy Laren, this is a little taste of her show. The protesters are still out in force, but let's be honest, they're not protesters. They're crybabies with nothing better to do than meander around the streets with their participation trophies and false sense of purpose. This isn't for Hillary. I'm not even sure this is against Trump. It's the same thing we've seen time and time again with these so-called protesters and demonstrators. It started with the Occupy Wall Street brats, moved on to the more militant and overtly aggressive Black Lives Matter more crowd, cycled through the DNC paid violence instigators, and now here we are in November of 2016 with President-elect Donald Trump and a crowd of misfit babies formed from every failed movement, all sandwiched together to become the largest group of whiners the country has ever seen. All right. Pretty much quick, covers it, doesn't it, Trevor? Quick question. Like, why are you so angry? I'm actually not that angry. It's just there's things that need to be said, Trevor, and a lot of people are afraid to in say a, them. In an angry way. I mean, you can't say you're not angry, and, I mean, this is, this is what you're known for. It's a strange thing to say, I'm not angry, but that is the one thing. It's like Ellen saying, I don't like dancing. It's like, yeah, you do, Ellen. You do. <laughs> you, you, you are angry about everything, it seems. Sometimes people just need to be called in their... You know, I mean, when... What, what, when you say that you're what in particular? Well, this is the, this is the thing. protesting a, you know, a fair and free election, that to me, you, you know, to get called in your a little bit. It's time to clear the streets. It's time to accept reality. It's time to move on. Time to make America great again. That's all I'm saying. What, what, is, what, is that, what does that mean, make America great again? Because this is interesting to me. Right. You say make America great again now. During the campaign, when Donald Trump had pussy gates, all right, you specifically tweeted out on that day, I support Mike Pence. And we, knew, and we knew that was in relation to Donald Trump and what he had done. There was a, a, a rift that was seen in the party. You said, I support Mike Pence. You didn't say, I support Donald Trump. What I did is say, I support my candidate. I support his vice president. That is more of a calming way for me well, to address the never-Trumpers. You didn't say you support your candidate. You said you support Mike, Mike Pence. Now, I go, honestly, from your side as a, as a person, I know you were pro-Trump, and then you went back, and you, you, you came back. And here's, here's my question to you. Just, it's like trying to find some form of common ground here. You're going... Okay. Do you genuinely feel like, remove Hillary out of it, because it's not one of those questions where a person needs to pivot, just as Donald Trump. What did that moment mean to you, hearing the things he said about how he makes moves on women and so on? You know, I did an entire final thoughts on that, and I was very clear. Now, at that time, it was between Hillary and Donald, so I'm comparing Donald Trump to Hillary Clinton, not the Pope and not God. So for me, what he said, though I found it inappropriate, and, and quite frankly, I was kind of... Not so much surprise, but it was not a good day for Trump supporters. It yeah. didn't look good. It didn't sound good. It's not defensible. But I'm still comparing someone who said some nasty things to a woman that has done nasty things. And I don't think what he said had an impact on his governance whatsoever. It's not good things we want to hear. But at the end of the day, does that impact my taxes? That does impact immigration, national security? It doesn't, so well, I can it, get past it. It may impact the way women are perceived and treated in a country. It may impact the way women 
uh, looked at in a country where already you're dealing with a lot of issues. I mean, mean like Saudi Arabia, which Hillary Clinton took well, money from? You don't need to go far when you're in a country where every single day women are being beaten and raped. You're going far when you have issues in your own country and when a president says things like that, I would, I would assume, maybe, maybe I'm not seeing it from your point of view, I would assume that you would at least be able to see that. You say you call people out on their bull****. Isn't that a situation where that it was, was It wasn't defensible, though. What he said, I'm not defending what he said. I'm saying that words to me are far less egregious than actions. And when I talk about actions, some of the positive actions of Donald Trump that few people fail, you know, they fail to recognize, the liberals fail to recognize the fact that on his construction projects, female project managers, Kellyanne Conway, now we talk about glass ceilings, first successful campaign manager, female. Why are the liberals not talking about that? This is a kick-ass woman, but no one wants to give her that credit because she's a conservative. Well, we don't want to give credit to a person for kicking ass for somebody who we have shown. You want to talk about construction, a person who has stolen jobs from people by screwing them out of the money that they deserve. I mean, let's, let's not make it a Trump thing. Let's talk about... Let's talk about the show as a whole because it's an interesting conversation that we have these days. We go, people are in their bubbles. That's what fascinates me about your show. You did a piece on Kaepernick that was huge, you know, where you railed on Kaepernick about not standing during the national anthem. Uh, You do pieces on Black Lives Matter that go huge. I mean, millions of people watch this. So you you agree you have a voice and you understand that people are looking to you, yes? Yes, I do. Very proud of that. I, I would love to know what you intend, like what you think your purpose is or what you're trying to do. There is a segment of this country between the coasts that is largely ignored the flyover states, if you will, state that I'm from, being South Dakota. I mean, I don't think we'd even be talking about the Dakotas at all if it weren't for the pipeline, to be honest. There's an entire segment of Americans out there that are ignored by the coasts, and then everyone is concentrated in those areas. They're the important areas. And then there's a section of the country in the middle, which Donald Trump was able to win quite handily, by the way, that felt ignored by the coast, felt ignored by the mainstream media, felt ignored by the liberals and the conservatives alike in D.C. I want to give voice to those people. Those people that may be too afraid to voice it themselves. People that would be afraid of being labeled into silence. Because you can call me whatever the hell you want. I won't back down. When you say people are afraid, I mean, they don't seem afraid. Their actions don't, uh, you know, conjure up the word fear when you see what, what, how they're reacting to the win. Um, I will say this, this is interesting. You say it's about those people who didn't have a voice. It's about the people in that. And yet... They're railing against the people in D.C., but D.C. for a long time has been controlled by the Republicans, Republicans who made sure that government didn't move for so long that the people got even angrier. But I've never heard you call that out, and I feel like everyone can see that. Or is that something maybe I'm not seeing No, I actually call it out often. That's why I was a supporter of Donald Trump, because I do think we need an outsider. The Republicans need it just as much as anyone else. We need a shake-up. We need someone to come in from the outside, someone that hasn't been so heavily influenced by D.C. and a political culture and a political future, to come in and shake everyone, shake the cobwebs off everything, maybe turn it on its head. Well, now, what he's done is he's taken those cobwebs and started to make the White House out of it, it seems. There are some folks, I mean, you have to have, you, there are a place for everyone, but you've got someone at the head that says, I'm not going to take any BS, I'm not beholden to anyone in D.C. Because you're, he's you're beholden s- to people in India and Russia and China, but carry on. Yeah. Being, a, being a businessman, that's the thing that's frustrating. Being a businessman and having assets in other places around the world, that's not something we should discourage. That's capitalism. That's a free marketplace. It's important. But this is the same guy who's going against globalization. It's strange to say that we shouldn't be against people who are doing business in the world, but the same man is saying business shouldn't be done in the world. Make it impossible 
to do so. He said that on countless occasions. Trevor, he said it. He said, you know what? I, as a businessman, I took advantage of it. Make it impossible for me to do so. Bring the jobs out. We already saw it with Carrier. He's already making moves. He's not even in there yet. You know, what was Obama able to do? Ramrod Obamacare and look at how fantastically that's turning out. And Donald Trump is the same person who's going to keep Obamacare because he's shown no, no. that he can't get rid of it. No. You can't get rid of it. You cannot, you cannot amend Obama. Which part of Obamacare can you amend? What are you going to do? You're going to get rid of high premiums? What are you going to get rid of? Oh, the government mandate with... would be a fantastic one. And then where do you move to from there? How do you still keep Obamacare in the states that it's in? How do you still keep the system working? The way that this was set up was to move us to single payer. Now, make no mistake, that was the goal. Obamacare was destined to fail, and it was structured so that it would fail so we could move to single payer. And so luckily, we have a President Trump that's going to stop that from happening. You know, this is a difficult position to be in for Donald Trump and for any Republican, because repeal and replace is going to be incredibly difficult. I'm the first person to say that. It was intended to be that way, because then the Republicans come in, they repeal it, and then people are left out in the cold, and then guess who's that's the true. bad guys? The Republicans. So we're going to have to do something. We're in a tough spot. I think we're going to take it on. On, though. And I think we're going to do it whether we're going to amend it, whether we are going to be able to immediately repeal and replace that remains to be seen. The man's not even in office yet. But I like where it's headed, and I think he's level-hated. I think he's reasonable, whereas many Republicans may not have been as reasonable. You think Trump is reasonable I do and level-headed? I do. Do you have I think Twitter? A, yeah, I do have Twitter. I do have Twitter. I, um, let's, let's move off Donald Trump for a bit. So you consider yourself a conservative? I do. Okay. I mean, I'm a millennial, so I don't really like labels. But yes, I'm conservative in thought. Sorry, my brain, you just gave a label to say you don't like labels. But anyway, um... We exist on a spectrum, no, Trevor. No, no, I mean, I, you're not, no, would you no, consider I, yourself a I liberal? You. That, was you just, a... that was just funny. That was just funny. It was just a funny moment. I'm a millennial. Um, it surprised you. It's just, it's just funny. Um, in terms of Black Lives Matter, like, you know, you have quite a record. For somebody who is not racist, you have to spend a lot of time saying, I'm not racist. Uh, what is your biggest issue with Black Lives Matter? I think, and I've said this many times, it started with good intentions. I think it was. It was well-intentioned. The moment that they started pushing hands up, don't shoot, which is a false narrative, proven time and time again to be a false narrative, the minute that that became their slogan, the minute that protesting turned into rioting and looting and burning and militant actions, that's when I lost respect for Black Lives Matter. Okay, but now here's my thing. Let's address each of these things one by one. When you go protesting, turning into rioting and looting, that's not a Black Lives Matter phenomenon. That is what happens when there is a protest a lot of the time. There were people who rioted and looted when teams won in Chicago years ago. It doesn't mean that they are now bad people. That's what happens. There are some bad people in every instance. Going back to Black Lives Matter, though, for you to say that, you say they have good intentions. They had the good intentions. How are you labeling out the actions of a few and condemning an entire group? Because I don't understand that. they subscribe to the Black Lives Matter movement. They say, we are the Black Lives Matter movement. Fry them like bacon. F the police. They're These saying are a few people. Things. These are a few people. This is not the Black these Lives are, Matter... Are, pro- that, that is not the platform, though. I saw it in my, my city of Dallas. I saw what a Black Lives Matter protest looked like. And I saw five fallen officers because of it. So that's I've not, seen... That's not, that's not fair and that's true. No, that's, no, 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 no. It is fair, that's, Trevor, that's, because that's the not, shooter said... Point blank shooter said he's doing this because of Black Lives Matter. Yes, and there are many things you can say. I mean, if you go outside, you can say anything about doing something because of you cannot deny that the man had mental issues as well and he was in a tough place. Just because you say the thing doesn't mean it's what it stands for, right? Because you're the same person. You're the same person who argued on your show that just because Donald Trump has supporters from the KKK doesn't mean he's in the KKK. So it goes against that argument. It goes against no. that. You can't say he did it because of. No, 
but he, the shooter, said, I Yes, but Black Lives Matter has never said, go out and shoot people. I'm saying, you're saying this to your audience, and I honestly do not understand where you're getting that from. Just because a person... What if somebody says, I felt emboldened by Tommy Lahren, and so I went out and I shot black people? Are you now responsible? But it's is not that your one, platform? Trevor, it's not one or two people. If you look at it, if you look at it in every city, look at the protests that have gone on in Baltimore, in Ferguson, in New York City, the protests that have now turned to anti-Trump protests. These are not a few people. Okay. This is mass crowds of people. Okay. They're doing it in the name of Michael Brown. They're okay. doing it in the name of Freddie Gray. They're doing it as the front of Black Lives Matter, and the mainstream media is emboldening these people. Okay, so then let's use that same logic that you're using then and then go, police, are the police racist? Because police, in many cities, you look at Baltimore, you look at what happened in New York, you look at what happened in the case of Walter Scott, you tell me are police racist because they've been shown to harass black people unfairly, they've been shown to shoot black people when they're unarmed. Does that mean the police are racist then? Because that's the same logic you're using. It's really not, though, Trevor, because it the is. mainstream media is not emboldening them as a group. It's not. And did you know that a black man is 18.5 times more likely to shoot a police officer than a police officer is to shoot a black man? Those are statistics no one wants to talk about. Yeah, here's the thing. Let's, let's, let's move on to, like, the mainstream media. Because this Do is it. interesting. You realize you are the mainstream media. No, I'm not. No, no, no. Donald Trump has won. So now... That make us mainstream. No, no, no. Alt-right alt now becomes... It's not alt, alt anything right. now. Alt-right, okay. I right? reject that. I reject Trump supporters and good Americans across this country that voted for Donald Trump being labeled as the alt-right. Or that I were somehow in a basket I didn't say that. I'm saying, I'm saying they, were, they are alt-right. The alt-right called themselves alt-right. I'm not calling them that. That's the name they gave. I'm talking about alt-right specifically. Okay, they're not, right? but you have to separate those from Trump supporters at large because that is not Trump supporters That's at large fine. are not the alt-right. That is fine. We're talking about the alt-right specifically. Okay. Right? They are now part of the mainstream. Their candidate who they've supported has won. Right? The same thing goes for what you say you are not... If you're not mainstream media, you have millions of views. You have to accept at some point that you are surpassing what was seen to be a gate that was preventing this. Because if you have 70 million views on your video, is that not mainstream? It's mainstream in that it's being watched. It's not mainstream in classification. I'm still existing. But mainstream is, to me But is, it's changing. As you said, you're a millennial. As millennials, we don't even watch TV the same way. So, in essence, you're the mainstream media of Facebook now. Of Facebook, sure. Of social media, of going outside of what traditional media has been, yes. I am becoming more mainstream, but there's still plenty of legacy media that is still attached, and I was able to go beyond that onto social media and go directly to my viewers and have a voice directly to those folks. So, so let me ask you this then. If you say, as you said when you walked out, I'm not as mean as people think I am, I'm not the person that people think I am, uh, what do you wish people would understand about you that are in another bubble? What do you wish people would understand about you on the other side? I wish that we could disagree with each other without thinking that we are bad people or ill-intentioned folks. So because I criticize a black person or I criticize the Black Lives Matter movement, that doesn't mean that I am anti-black. It does not mean that I don't like black people or that I'm a racist. It means I'm criticizing a movement. I criticize Colin Kaepernick. That doesn't mean that I don't believe in his First Amendment rights. It means that I believe in my First Amendment rights to criticize him. So it doesn't make me a bad person. It doesn't make me a racist to point out. I mean, I've never used racial slurs to address people. I've never looked down on someone because of their skin color. To me, true diversity is diversity of thought, not diversity of color. I don't see color. I go after Hillary Clinton and she's white as they come. You don't, you don't see color. So what do you do at a traffic light? Um, I don't believe in that at all, when people say that. There's nothing wrong with seeing color. 
It's how you treat color that's more important. You're right. Here, it here, is. Here's my, here's my thing. Like, all these points that you make are great. And I do believe that you believe them. And I don't believe anyone is actively trying. There are a few people who are trying to be bad from their point of view. Uh, but when I look at what you're saying, you say you, you're not pushing a, a racist narrative, you're not, you're criticizing. Do you really believe you're criticizing and you're not malintentioned when you say things like Black Lives Matter is the new KKK? Because you realize Black Lives Matter can't be the new KKK, the KKK is still around. They have not vacated their premises. And most importantly, to say Black Lives Matter is the new KKK is to, like, to really, really minimize what the KKK did and what they stand for. That is not the same thing. You, surely you understand the incendiary like, feeling of your comments. You know that, surely. It's controversial, but I think there are some things that need to be said. And when the Black Lives Matter movement is going out with signs saying, fry them like bacon, F the police, when they're going out seeing if you see a white person target them, that is happening, Trevor. That happened in Milwaukee not too long ago. That is happening. So when that, that now is... becomes the narrative and you're starting to loot, burn, and riot, what did the KKK do? That is not, look, we'll go around in circles. Did you say, what did the KKK do? No, what did they do? When you're saying, wow. listen, listen, Trevor. Wow. Trevor. When you're saying, when there are people in the street saying, if you see a white person beat their ass, does that not sound reminiscent of the KKK or their motives to you? Is that the narrative of Black Lives Matter or are there people who are saying that within a crowd of other human beings? There is a distinction between a movement and the people. That is something that we keep coming back to. But let's go back to what you were saying on Colin Kaepernick and, and the national anthem. This is, this is something I don't understand. And I, when I watch your videos, I go, I truly do not understand. You say, Colin Kaepernick is exercising his First Amendment rights and you are exercising your First Amendment rights in criticizing him. Mm -hmm. So what you're saying is, you have the right to say anything you want, so shut up. No, not at all. I'm saying I don't agree with what he did. Yes. I think that he went about it the wrong way. I don't think he understands. What is the right way? When people say that, I'm always fascinated. What is the right way? Here's so, the deal. So, so here's a black man in America who says, I don't know how to get a message across. If I march in the streets, people say I'm a thug. If I go out and I protest, people say that it's a riot. If I bend down on one knee, then it's not. What is the right way? That is something I've always wanted to know. What is the right way for a black person to get attention in America? Taking it out. Trevor, taking it out on our flag and our national anthem, to me. But how? Why would you take out your perceived oppression of black people out on the national anthem and our flag? A country that you live in, a country that you benefit from, a country that people of all races have died for, have died to protect, have died for the vote, died to be enfranchised by this nation. How do you then go and disrespect the flag and the anthem of that country? Well, why, why is that the outlet? Well, maybe you're a person who's lived and read through history and you realize that a lot of those people of every color who died for this country, some of them didn't have the rights that their fellow servicemen had when they came back to the country after and fighting And that flag means a lot maybe, to those folks, too. Maybe you're one of those people who realizes that the penal system in America was designed to oppress black people. It was designed to enslave people. It is a relic of slavery. Maybe you're one of those people. So what I don't understand is a guy is kneeling in the corner. I don't understand why that offends you so much. It's not even like He's trying to sing over you. If he was doing that, he's like, oh, say, oh, say, can me see? No, he's singing. He's not, he's not doing anything that affects you. I don't understand why it gets to you. I genuinely don't. He's in a corner kneeling by himself. Why does that offend you so much? For me, I know what that flag means to me. I know what that flag means to those that are fighting for our country right now. It's bigger than a piece of cloth. It's a symbol of patriotism. Our national anthem has meant a lot to a lot of people. It's got a lot of people through very hard times. And this country 
it's got its scars, it's got its wounds, it's got its, its history, but I still believe it's the greatest nation on the face of the earth, and I believe if you live in this country, you can want to better it. But to disrespect our flag and our anthem in that way and that be your outlet to get out whatever aggression you have, whether it be passive or active aggression, I disagree with it. And so he has every right to do it. That's his First Amendment rights, and I, and I agree with his First Amendment right to do it. I don't agree with what he did. So because I don't agree with what he did, then now I should shut up? Because I'm white, so I should shut up? I shouldn't be able to talk about black issues because I'm white? No one brought, no one brought up uh, white at all. I, I never said that. I don't see color. I, I don't think that that's what the argument is. What I'm saying is, I asked you one question, and that is, how should a black person bring up their grievances? That's all I ask, how? If that's not the right way, if marching isn't the right way, what is the right way? When you talk, when what he said was he is protesting the anthem and the flag because of the oppression of black people yes. in this country. I would like him to further explain what he's talking about when he's discussing the black oppression in this country. Which he has. Also, is it against police? Is it against the government? I'm not sure what oppression he's discussing. I would love to have him come on my show and discuss it with me. To me, when you make the flag and you make the anthem the outlet for your anger or the outlet through which you're going to protest your country that you live in and you reside in that you take $19 million a year from, I don't think that that is the correct outlet for your anger. So, so, so what is he protesting? So he's... Again, you haven't answered my question of how, how you want so black I'm, people. I'm, I'm just asking how. And I'm asking you honestly, I'm not saying in a challenging way, I'm saying to you, I don't know the answer apart from these methods. So I would like to know if you've ever thought of a how, because you're the first person I've met who said this. I've seen this message online. I'm not labeling you as the bad person. I just want to know if you've ever thought of the how. That's all I want to know. For me, I think there are a lot of folks in this country, I being a woman, um, I didn't have rights in, after black people until women got the right to vote. But because I feel like I'm a woman and I'm marginalized in some way, I don't protest my country. I don't see what he's protesting. I would like to know exactly what he is so, protesting. It's a very- So how do you, no, no, how do you protest then? That's what I I'm don't about. protest because I'm not a victim. I, don't, I choose not to victimize myself. I choose not to make myself the victim. That's the difference. Pro protesting is not only for, okay, look, let's, Last, this is the last question I'll ask you on, on this. Um, you often say a phrase, which, which I, I'm really intrigued by. Maybe it's because it, it, uh, it appeals to me. It's a phrase where you say, whenever you talk about immigrants on the show, you, you know, immigrants who maybe complain or any situation like that, you say, immigrants, you should be grateful. Refugees, you should be grateful. Anyone, you should be grateful that this country brought you in. You could be out there in a country where they would be chopping your head off or killing. You should be grateful that you're in this country. Now. Am I correct in understanding that what you're saying is a person who would have a worse time outside of America does not have the right to complain about having a bad time in America? Are you talking about the terrorists who ran people over in Ohio State? Is that what we're discussing? My most recent final thoughts? That's where I said one of them. You should be lucky to be a refugee in this country. Anytime that you were able to come into the United States of America, because there are thousands that are trying, you should respect the nation that has brought you in so graciously. I do, I do believe that. I do believe it's a privilege to live in the United States. Yeah, and, and, and now that's a different thing because this is somebody who's committed an act of terror. And, and that's a different conversation altogether, which I feel like we could go on forever. But what I'm saying is those immigrants, do you feel that they have the right once they've, maybe they were refugees, but they've become citizens, do they have the right to complain? Not terrorists. Yeah, if you respect the law, if you come in legally, you respect our law, you respect our way of life, you respect human decency, uh, in the case of the terrorists, clearly not, then absolutely. But you don't come in here illegally. You don't come into our country as, as a refugee or as an illegal immigrant and then believe that you no longer have to respect our laws. You come in and make your own rules. That's not how this thing works. Well, that's not what they're doing. 
but well, when, uh, by coming into the country illegally, you are not respecting our laws. Is no, that when seeking a path to citizenship, we many countries around the world. I mean, America is a nation of immigrants, so. Uh, the first settlers were breaking the laws of the land, quote unquote, and that is why they said, "Bring me your tired, bring me your sick, bring me your hungry." Do you think that, that, is, a, that you is think the, a sovereign nation ever though? No, 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 that Americans are not willing to do. What they do is they actually prop up the middle class. They, they, this is they what I'm asking you, Trevor. What do you say to a legal immigrant that's paid thousands of dollars, that has waited in line to come to this country legally? What do you say to that person that has waited for their American dream and they see someone cutting in front of them and getting a pass? What do you say to those folks? It's not a line. It's not like they're cutting in front. No, it's no, not, they are. This they is not are. Taco Bell. When it's, they say, it's when immigration. They say, no, no, answer me that though. What do you say to legal immigrants that have waited so long to be a part of the American dream and they've done it the right way? What do you say to them when Obama grants amnesty for five million and lets them come in, though they've broken the law, gets the Dream Act for those that want to attend universities here? What do you say to those that did it the right way? You, that say, were patient? you say to them, welcome to America, the greatest country in the world where anyone from anywhere can come here and achieve what they achieve if they set their dreams to but it. They, they, they can waited and well they did it legally. They but you say, welcome to America. There are some who did it one way and there are some who did it another way. Look, I, I guess we can, we can go back and forth on a lot of these issues. Um, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting place to be in because honestly, you, you've won, you know? Like, your side has won, as you say. You know, the liberal snowflakes are, are melting in the streets as they protest. And now I would like to know from your side, genuinely, as someone who's won, do you believe that Donald Trump will follow through on his promises? I will be a vocal opponent if he doesn't. I am not somebody that gets on the cheerleading bandwagon. If he does something I disagree with, I will discuss it. I did before I was a Trump supporter. I was critical of Trump. I was a Marco Rubio girl for a long time. And then I started to see that I was going to be our nominee, and I said, it's, it's him or Hillary. A lot of Americans were in that position. Yeah. And then I got closer to the campaign, and I started seeing some of the things he was saying, and I started seeing the effect he was having on people and the things that he was saying that was touching people and making them he feel like He was touching people. Yeah, he was. He really was. Hillary could use some of that every now and then, right? Bill's a little busy. Bill's a little busy. I appreciate you being on the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Trevor. It is uh, a conversation we should continue having. Uh, having. You can find uh, Tommy's final thoughts at facebook.com slash Tommy Laren. Tommy Laren, everybody. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.